the first night, in the first reckoning, when the first swords were drawn and the first shadows darkened, three were chosen to fight the encroaching tedium. They drew their weapons against boredom, and they fell. They got well and truly fucked up. So again, the call went out, and after a long recruitment campaign, three more were chosen. Sorbo, Grammar, and Kane were their names. But upon looking at their futures the of unemployment, <laughs> they turned against the forces of light, betraying the sacred order of big booties and cool ass lordship. So three other names were drawn randomly from a phone book. <laughs> phone book? One from the bowels of hell, one from the far future, and one from Philly. <laughs> <laughs> and you they said the bowels of hell. <laughs> and True. they brought new weapons to the fight. Weapons the forces of evil could not hold against. Your mother jokes and crude wordplay. And on that day, Dicks, those yeah. three warriors became Story Lords. Welcome to Story Lords, the comedy fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories and infinite laughs. I'm Rich Masters and with me as always are Josh Henderson. Sorbo is the name. (laughs) Yeah, hey, what's up? And Jeff Pennington. You really lost me for a second there, but you fucking clinched it in the end. (laughs) I was here for it. I was was waiting. I was going to do a deep like... Story Lord, this is the Story Lord's voice. And then I was like, I'm not fucking my voice up for the story. I'm not doing uh, that. Story Lord's voice, could you please say that again? I love that. This Sto- is the Story, this is Lord's story Lord's voice. Story Lord's. Oh, man, I got to warn you guys. I've been playing like a shitload of Baldur's Gate. So. Oh, I bet that's show. not going to be in the story yeah. at all. Yeah, there's not going to be anything Someone's going like to fuck that. a bear. Uh, I didn't get. I didn't fuck the bear. I didn't do. I well, I'm not a druid, so you can't fuck Aww. the guy as a druid. <laughs> um, we're on season two, everyone. We're a we year made it. and two episodes in, so we are resetting. Well, some of us are. Some of us are keeping going. Um, but it's a yeah, whole. Some of us are quitters. <laughs> <laughs> new stories, new characters, new rambling intros. I guess. Um, yeah. But this episode, our prompts were princesses and disasters. I did get that right, didn't I? That's not what it Those was. Those are not the prompts. What were they? Uh, fractures and broken promise- promises. Yeah, promises and fractures. Oh, well, this is going to be interesting for me then. That's Where funny the because did you get those from? <laughs> That's like no season idea. one, bro. <laughs> no. Yes! We never did princesses. I well, where'd you get that from? Then? Yeah, no if idea. we didn't do it before, that's worse. What are you talking about? Fractures and promises. He we picks are. Up a pen. We are in for a good show. First story will be interesting. <laughs> two two of pen. us. Two of us followed the prompts. Did we though? Um, <laughs> I can safely say one of us did not. <laughs> Well, at least one of us didn't. I, I mean, you. I, it's not obvious, I guess. I'll, I'll say that it's uh, not obvious. I, I definitely didn't forget about them and then put them in at the last second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something really cool, and I'm gonna randomly insert them into Ad-lib. the story in a way that oh, works. Oh shit! This is like a improv. 
fractures. Uh, I heard princesses and the other thing I said. Oh, man. I was convinced there were princesses and disasters. I've had them on this book for, like, four weeks now. Oh, well. Well, you're... Your you book got, is you hella fucking wrong. Mandela'd. Mandela <laughs> shot his fucking moon rays yeah. at you. No. <laughs> oh, God, I'm gonna die. Alright, okay, uh, so I'm up first. So, season two, <laughs> episode one. Here we go, guys. It's called Your Princess is in Another Pizzeria. Oh, That's, he made that up. No, it's literally in front of me right now. He made he it up. He did make it up, technically. Well, I mean, technically, I make all these stories up. The violet sun was dipping its sweet shaft below the horizon. Wait, <laughs> did I mention that in this reality, Earth had a dick-shaped sun? What do you mean this oh. is the first sentence of the season and how could you possibly know that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Do some fucking research, dweebuses. <laughs> do your own research. <laughs> the Earth is dick-shaped, man. <laughs> Professor James, I've put James James twice, but his name is James Kendall, watched as the sunset illuminated all the bare-ass butts, dicks and titties on display at his summer condo pool party sextravaganza. All right, I love this. You did well in making a new universe. (laughs) Instantly. All the stuff before forgotten. Techno who? I don't Lovable what (laughs) nows? There was more flesh on display in his garden than a discount butcher's window in Texas on Super Bowl weekend. What? (laughs) I feel like that's really specific. (laughs) A familiar hand slapped him on the bare arse. It was his business associate, wife, and no-pants dance partner, Professor Susan Big Sue's Campbell. (laughs) Big Sue's! How are we looking, James? She stood naked as the day she was born, holding a tray of powders gathered from the finest systems. Grax and Gutbuster, Tenebrian Titty Twister, Sherbert, and I know what you're thinking. Oh, the Brit is using a euphemism for cocaine. But no, this was actual sugary Sherbert. <laughs> Black hole butt dust, cigars, and no Sherbert. All right, this one was cocaine. <laughs> James sighed Life was good Some might argue too good for two nerdlinger scientists Well, it was For another two minutes maybe Before their endless machinations in this reality Would destroy Earth But they would be long gone by then What the fuck? James sat on the tray to take a delivery of black hole butt dust Straight in the rear door (laughs) (laughs) Of course he would then put an arm around Big Sue's, grabbing a handful of newly siliconed enhanced titty as he did. Damn, what a smooth guy. <laughs> 90 seconds to no return for this loser reality, Sue's. And these little inventions of ours are our ticket to a brand new earth to pillage <laughs> and manipulate. Oh, this man, he's loser doing... reality. <laughs> Dude, he's doing a fucking what's-his-name from the Star Trek episode. Uh huh. Which which one? There's lots of those. <laughs> the guy when lawnmower man like steals all the the tech and he wants to go back oh, in time. Oh, uh, Rasmussen, Burlinghoff Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, Matt Frewer. He waved his hand to show the metal bracelet that they had built together so long ago. 
How many times have we done this now? I forget. It's a side effect of all the anti-aging tech I developed. Sue's downed her 15th double liver killer drink of the evening as she looked out over the orgy of naked flesh writhing in front of her. Just how many cycles of cheating the system have we done? Eight. And with each new reality, we get more coin and more ass. Next time around, we'll be in all the deepest coin purses, financial and flesh. <laughs> Damn. His oh. wife's pretty cool. She, he should keep her. The use of the word flesh is really just, uh, <laughs> just getting it me off. hot. <laughs> we could be gods in the next cycle. Big Sue's pulled the timer out. Five seconds. Where did she pull that timer out? I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, right. They spent the last seconds of existence just existence just swapping spit before the earthquake started <laughs> and giant tectonic volcanoes appeared on the horizon, spewing black smoke and magma into the air. The airbrained models surrounding them got out their phones to record the devastation, <laughs> des- desperate for one last set of likes before they'd all be burned to crisps by the impending <laughs> lava tsunami. Oh, man. <laughs> James took Suze's hand and pressed a button on her wristband. A violent, violent, shimmering rift in space opened in front of them, and they could hear birdsong on the other side. Shall we, Professor Campbell? But of course, Professor Kendall. They walked through, arm in arm, as the world descended into screams and death behind them. Damn, are these bad guys? Because I kind of <laughs> love them. I mean, starting off with the uh, lovable bad guys early this season. I, t- I took my notes. You got, you learned. Mm, well, wait a adapting. second. Are they bad guys because they destroyed the world? Because seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah, just move uh, on. Let's all move all on. All right, Thanos. <laughs> Look, Thanos was a bitch. He only wanted to destroy half the world. Yeah, <laughs> go all the way. All or nothing, buddy. Kellen Rook Amray sat cross-legged on the floor and drew four lines of characters in the air with a hollow glove, each illuminating in a lurid green. Can you tell me which of these is a compound sentence? The teen looked at her lazily, with the sort of slack-eyed contempt that simultaneously made you thankful you weren't a parent, or the sort that would just sock a random child in the jaw. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's, There's only those two. There's only those two. (laughs) <laughs> There's no middle. Kellen sighed. Uh, this attitude makes me want to compound this lesson up your butt, Desi. Yeah! <laughs> Desi was one of the Feldar, the nomadic races of the Vale. But despite what the propaganda said, she wasn't simple-minded, and she didn't survive on a diet of sand rats and daytime television. Kellen had, <laughs> been, t- Kellen had been teaching the Feldar women how to read, a skill reserved for the highborn, for nearly a year now. Whenever she could take the shuttle from the station, she made sure to spend some time down on the encampment. There were many reasons why Kellen shouldn't have done this. A. Unionised planet citizens were forbidden to cross into the Vale without permission, and should have stayed on the border of the Alima territories. B. Fuck you, don't tell me what to do. (laughs) Look, I'm gonna go to fucking Lima, Peru, whenever I want to. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. B. Teaching Feldar to read was punishable by painful and extremely final death, involving pokers and orifices. And C. She had been asked not to do anything stupid on her assignment by her superior. But the powers that be hadn't counted on the fact that A. Kellen didn't agree with this highborn shit. B. The the Feldar were cool as penguin shit. They didn't put down roots or feel the (laughs) (laughs) need... They didn't put down roots or feel the need to comply. It's not as if they were anything like the Reap. And C, uh, C, she was born stupid 
And D, her superior was a fucking narc who could suck her dick. Damn, narc. This sort of reasoning was but one of the reasons Kellen had found herself banished to deep space assignment away from her home. Kellen sighed and drew two balls and a veiny shaft that Frob Loinhound, <laughs> the famous smutsmith, would have been proud of in the air. <laughs> Throb Loinpound. <laughs> At your service. <laughs> Do you know what this is? You're so funny, human. Desi giggled into her hand. Why do you try and teach us the highborn ways? Kellen half smiled. You remind me of someone I used to know. And you deserve better than to be scapegoated for the woes of the universe. Listen, I've got to go. Promise me you'll work on the sentences, okay? Promises. There we go. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. It was already in there. It was, yeah. After Desi nodded, oh, Kellen... <laughs> After Desi nodded... <laughs> Nodded. <laughs> Kellen picked up her bag and the clicker she always carried with her on the off chance on the off chance and exited the tent. She was surprised to find the Feldar hurriedly packing up their campsite. Families rushed with bags to their hovering domiciliary units. Children clutched <laughs> toys or pets and giant horseflies. Not the horseflies we know, but horses with wings because this is a sci-fi setting. It can't be like a Pegasus. <laughs> Note to self, should I have called these Pegasuses to avoid confusion? Oh well, too late now. Lords don't delete. <laughs> Damn, that's a great shirt. Lords don't delete. Lords don't delete. <laughs> With we'll be fire in... behind it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be enlatched to the mobile caravans to move the farming and domiciliary equipment. Elder Grey Pubes, name... <laughs> Names you what? put Pegasus in, but you put that. <laughs> Elder Grey Pubes, my favourite new character. <laughs> Names were often literal amongst the Feldar, Desi had told her. <laughs> was di- directing the evacuation, staff of leadership in his hand. Kellen ran to him. What's happening? Why are you all leaving? He seemed unsurprised to see her, but slightly disappointed by her presence. Child, as much as it warms my... Boomer, lead and asbestos-poisoned heart to see you helping. <laughs> In this universe too? Yeah, every universe. It's still, it's still a problem. To see you helping our children, you shouldn't be here. We heard on the voice waves that one of the pillars will be touching down at a settlement south of the mountains in about two, about two hours from here. We're all moving on. I'm in no rush for my people to be decimated by the pillars of Alima over some uh, imagined slight. Kellen almost didn't want to ask, but she had to. D- do you know which pillar is coming? Elder Grey Pubes gave her a serious look. The wrath. Kellen's eyes widened. This was all she needed. Being caught on the other side of the border by her boss, Miss Uptight Dickface herself. <laughs> is that a real name? Because it could be, I don't know They're quite literal in this universe yes. <laughs> The Raf was one of the eight pillars of Alima Chief strategist and war master Like all the other pillars The Raf was installed by the ruler of Alima Which was often known by its nickname of Brokepeace Picked from representatives of all the rival empires To enforce the law after the treaty was signed And the galactic war ended Where the peace was brokered The Raf was the grouchiest And most permanently angry one as if she had taken a restraining order out against orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! It paints a picture. 
Get your people to safety, Elder Grey Pubes. Kellen patted the man on the back. <laughs> I'll try and delay her. <laughs> Grey Pubes? My name is Tony, you rude child. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even his real name. The man stormed off in a huff, muttering to himself. Kellen turned to find Desi laughing into her hand and was just about to go congratulate her when the wave box went off at her hip and a familiar, austere, contemptuous tone came through. Rook, your location, please. Rath's disdain annoyed her, and she didn't care if she knew it. Hey, you know I hate that name, Rath. A bored sigh came back over the wave box. <sighs> Are you on the watch station? Are you behaving? Kellen rolled her eyes. Yeah, I'm sitting here doing puzzles, playing the oboe, imagining <laughs> a world without you in it. <laughs> Certainly not doing anything resembling breaking the rules at all. <laughs> I want you to meet me planetside. I need your help with a mission, Raph said flatly. Kellen panicked. Raph would straight up skin her and use the skin to polish her guns if she found out Kellen wasn't on the station. Or worse... Is that really the best thing to do, to polish a gun? Uh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Or worse, give her a long patronising talk about honour and duty. Sure, I I I can leave now. What are the coordinates? 43555 by 23994 on a ridge overlooking an abandoned building about seven clicks from your current position in that Feldar caravan. Oh, God. (laughs) Raph said cheerily, clearly pleased with her deception. Don't lie to me again, Rook, and don't do anything until I'm there. Raph cut the comms, and if Kellen hadn't emptied her bladder before a lesson, she would be in the town centre of Pisspants City by now. Damn. <laughs> For Raph to come all the way out here, there has to be had to be something wrong, and Kellen could only think of two main contenders. Either there was a chastity conference going on, or the <laughs> <laughs> This bitch is getting raked over the coals. <laughs> or the Reap were here. The trek to the rendezvous was uneventful, avoiding the blistering sun dodging the mean sand scorpions with guns that wandered the wastelands and trying what? to... Th- <laughs> and wait, 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 wait. up. <laughs> Giant sand scorpions with guns that wandered the wastelands. What? Okay, I got it. One of them better be a character. It's <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying. And trying to think up a suitable excuse to explain why she was planetside. What would Raph have understood? Clearly not that she was here to be compassionate or to see a potential willing hookup or to have any fun or joy of any kind. <laughs> If she came clean, she would erase a year of hard probation and ruin her chances of going home again, and that was not acceptable. Another year without friends, without casual drug use, without anything but Raph's disapproving looks, snippy comments and occasional checks on her welfare where she talked about daring strategies she had developed in the most bland way possible. It was like (laughs) listening to Droopy describe sex acts. And then I came on her face. <laughs> when she arrived at the ridge, a giant fracture in the sand. There you go, there's the second one. There she you go. S- she saw the oh, old wow. abandoned facility with a faded sign in ancient tongue that read, Original Ray's Pizza. No, seriously, we were the first. What? You thought Ray's was an a human name? <laughs> <laughs> there was still the old propaganda posters of happy, smiling, colonising faces plastered on the building. 
promising advances in medicine, society, and the chance to be happy and successful, so long as you didn't mind selling your soul for nine hours a day to capitalism in exchange for leadership of the planet. Oh, In this universe, too? Come on. Those promises hadn't exactly been true, except the soul-crushingness of capitalism. That's always true. And this world had been... (laughs) A valuable target for the Union, the Velit, and the Norngard. The planet had swapped hands more times than your mum's number at a truck stop. Whoa! Oh, so you many. leave Linda out of this. <laughs> but now, an uncomfortable quietness filled the air. Like the one you have to sit in when your kid asks if their picture is good, when it's literally the worst thing you've ever seen. And you once saw a dead meth head who had choked to death on his own vomit once. And then you Again. smile and nod and put it up on the fridge and try not to look at it because he drew three lines on a page and told you it was our family or something sickly like that. Oh my God, Evan, Again. don't listen to this podcast, please. Super specific. <laughs> you managed to follow an order. Your mother would be very proud. The voice came from behind her and the raff was walking up the ridge in full armour and armed to the teeth, her bare helm covering her face. No one ever saw the faces of the pillars after they were chosen to avoid questions of impartiality. Raf could have been from Velet or Norn, or equally, um, as as equally as she could have been human. She was built like a tank, with slim-toned biceps that could have torn a dozen phone books. Or and con- nobody wants to fuck her. Or a conservative wasp away from their perceived sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> She carried her trusty rifle, Callus, and her giant warhammer, Doomcock, on her back. Oh, fucking sweet. <laughs> That's a sick name. Merchandising. <laughs> if the general were proud, maybe she shouldn't have sent me to the arse end of the galaxy, to arse end of the galaxy, to this one horsehead nebula town. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. We're off to a great start this season. <laughs> Kellen smirked as she pulled out her farseers and threw them to Wrath. If Wrath got the joke, she didn't acknowledge it. Just caught the farseers and brought them to her face in one emotionless <laughs> motion. You know why you're here, Rook. Let's not have this discussion again. A flash of a child falling into nothingness danced in Kellen's memories, but she quickly banished it. Before Kellen could argue, Wrath went on. I got the call from General Amore that a dipshit princess had been kidnapped and brought here after a diplomatic vision in, mission in the Vale. Ding or something, because that's what Rich thought was a problem. <laughs> Fake ding. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen stood suddenly in shock. Wait, you mean the Feldar are going to be offered the chance to join the Union? Get down! Raph pounced into Kellen like a boomer on a Facebook comment section about trans people. <laughs> <laughs> I can see where we're headed this season. <laughs> Boomers and capitalism are the new punch bags for this season. <laughs> the new cops and... Uh, cops and J.K. Rowling, yeah. I mean, it's really like the same. Yeah, the new, quote-unquote. Yeah. <laughs> you probably didn't do that already. Yeah. As a laser blast flew meet, uh, centimetres over Kellen's head, Raph rose onto a knee, pulling a knife from a holster at her belt and threw it in the direction of the blast. Oh, fuck, came an anguished cry. Now Jaren will have to reset the days without injury board. <laughs> 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 Raph and Kellen followed the dying grunts to a man who had had a long blade sticking from his gut. He was leaking profusely, but still tried to reach the dropped laser rifle that was just out of reach. Raph stood on the rifle and the man gave up, clutching his wound. The assassin wore a bandana of skins to hide his eyes. 
Folk tales told that the reap were insane savages who cut into their flesh, and most of them hid their faces to prevent infection to their wounds. Not to mention being fuck ugly, like Rocky Dennis had got busy with a piece of 60 grit sandpaper. Damn, God Rocky. Damn. That's a big date reference, right? Everyone That's, knows who Rocky Dennis is. Fucking yeah, Rocky yeah. Dennis catching strays. I did. <laughs> <laughs> catching strays. He turned to look at Kellen, saw the unionised planet symbol on her uniform, and seethed, almost frothing at the mouth at her. Filthy union pig, he spat. You tried to shoot me, Kellen stammered, simultaneously horrified and psyched that she was important enough for someone to attempt to kill her. <laughs> My friend here is going to shove a war hammer up your pee hole. Uh, yeah! Oh god, sounding. It's back. <laughs> I'll do no I like s- the sounding of that. <laughs> I'll do no such thing. Raph reached into her pack and pulled a first aid kit from inside and retrieved two small peels, one orange, one blue. Listen, Reap, the blue one should stop the bleeding unless we hit something major. The orange is for pain, until your people can get here to stabilise you. You can have them, so long as you tell me where we find what we're looking for. Fourth floor, western corner. We went planning to hurt her the reap soldier was breathing hard kellen shook her head yeah right you scum were probably either gonna like fuck her or kill her or eat her and probably not in that order oh no jesus rook i I love a good eat fuck (laughs) rook raf pulled a pistol from a pack take this secure the perimeter and see if you can find any entry points on the outside of the building don't do don't go in without me Kellen took the pistol with trembling hands. Raph trusted her? This was news to her. She always thought Raph hated her guts, even when she was a kid. Sh- sure, I... Thanks, Raph. I-, I, d- I don't know what... Just focus and watch your corners. You'll do great. I'll be along soon. Raph shooed her on, then watched the girl move down the ridge until she was out of sight. She turned to the Reap soldier. Now, if you please, tell me where the thing you're really hiding is. What? Kellen made it to the building without shitting her pants in fear, which in her head was one in the wind column. Yeah. What <laughs> What was she thinking? She was so pleased to prove herself to that dweeb Raph that she hadn't thought about the immense danger she now found herself in. She'd been told all the stories about the Reap, crazy lunatics who showed all the decorum of a glob of jizz and a glass of Chardonnay. What the fucking what, shit? What are you talking about? <laughs> That was perfect, but disgusting. (laughs) Old enough not to believe everything she heard, she knew that most of what was said about the terrorists of the Vale was hyperbole, that they just wanted to take from the free galactic powers. But seeing the man there so angry at her for merely existing made her hate them all the more. They could be helping the peoples of the Vale, like the Feldar, using their stolen resources to provide for them, but instead they wanted to cause chaos and disruption to others. They wanted what the Union, Norn and Velet had. She rounded the building to find an old rusty stairwell that went up to the fourth floor, probably to mitigate the fools from jumping to their deaths as they realised they were wasting their lives chasing coin. <laughs> suddenly, <So judgy. laughs> Suddenly, Kellen heard a high-pitched scream from inside the building. Someone, probably the princess, was being tortured in there. With a cursory look around, she couldn't see Hyde nor Helm of Wrath and gulping her fear down, she climbed the stairs to the fourth floor, pistol shaking in her hand. You see, Babbitt, I heard if you take good, and you take bad, and then you take both, 
then you have facts of life. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. <laughs> the gigantic reap guard who smelled vaguely of dung explained to his diminutive colleague, who was str- scratching her head. Kellen squeezed between two of the boxes that littered the top floor and edged closer to the two. It was strange. There was no other reap here, and these two didn't even have weapons. It all seemed a little too easily. Eat too easy. Where you hear that? The smaller guard said in her thick Veldar accent, which sounded vaguely like whatever accent Rich felt like doing on the night. (laughs) So good. From gods, on other side, Giganto said. They They were singing to me. Kellen stopped. They couldn't possibly mean. There couldn't have been a rift here. Reflexively, she reached for the clicker, but caught herself in time. She couldn't risk making any noise and being found out. They sang to you. You so lucky, Small Ganto said. (laughs) Small Ganto! (laughs) Oh, will you please shut up, you morons? An annoyed, masculine-sounding voice came from behind them, and Kellen stood on tiptoes to see a person robed in Velatean ambassador's garb. He was tied to a chair and looked as if he had been forced to endure these people for far too long. Kellen was an extremely excellent judge of body language. I have been forced to endure you people for far too long. (laughs) Quality, right? (laughs) You are rude ones, sir, Giganto said. You only have to stay a little while until God stops speaking. Kellen checked her pistol and set it to stun. She wasn't about to start killing people, especially two who seemed as if they would be more comfortable with a reading of the very hungry sand scorpion than a kidnapping ring. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) The very hungry sand scorpion with a gun. Classic. Newberry award winning. (laughs) (laughs) She popped up from the box and stunned the big guy, who instantly fell into a heap on the floor, peacefully sucking his thumb as he settled. The woman with him roared with laughter before Kellen stunned her too. With the room clear, <laughs> Kellen walked out to the Velatean, who rolled his eyes as he spotted her. At last, the man sighed impatiently. Wait, who in the great sphincter of the galaxy are you? Where is Wrath? <laughs> She's here. She's sent me to rescue you. I thought you were being tortured, princess, Kellen said as she reached for the ties around the chair. Chance would be a fine thing. Might have made this mission more interesting. The screams were the frustration of two days with these morons. But I found the rift, and it's ready to be closed. Kellen stopped untying him instantly. Wait, why the devil have you stopped? Untie me this instant. Quiet down there, princess. Kellen flipped on the clicker, and it started sounding instantly, as quick as she'd ever heard it. The Velatean sighed. Raph giving me that bloody code name is the worst part of this mission. Believe me. Why have you got a radiation detect... Raph didn't send you in here, did he? Did she? The young man started to panic. Raph! Raph, get in here! Kellen stunned the annoying man, his head slumping forward. Damn! Sweet dreams, your majesty. Kellen Kellen took the stairs down to the third floor sub-basement, wishing all the while that she had done more cardio on her assignment, then opened the door marked parking garage in the old tongue. She didn't... (laughs) (laughs) The old tongue! (laughs) She didn't know what it meant, but unless it said painful butt cancer straight ahead, then there wasn't anything in the galaxy that could have stopped her. <laughs> Jesus. It's funny because you had that. <laughs> That's what Painful butt cancer? <laughs> Specifically? Yeah. 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 
Oh, no. Uh, the room, beset here and there by stone pillars that stretched from floor to ceiling and burnt out horseless carriages that couldn't even hover, was painted an ethereal pink that shimmered and reflected off the surfaces. In the corner of the room, like an orifice of doom, which is coincidentally what an unkind ex-girlfriend once called her before Callan headbutted her. Nice. <laughs> Shone a pink, fizzing circle. As she got closer... Kellen could hear whispers emanating from the portal. Who is that? She was just about to lean further in when she heard a small voice. Kellen, Kellen, it's me. Can you hear me? The memory danced in her head again, of reaching and grasping for her sister, of a child's fingers slipping through hers, of a rift closing too soon. Kellen had been looking for a year now. It couldn't be as easy as the first rift she found, could it? Asher, Asher, is that you? Help me, Kellen. It's cold here. Her sister's voice, clear as day and somehow louder, came spilling from the rift. It's a trap. You have to free me. Kellen couldn't help it, though the clicker at her waist was now almost at a constant hum. She reached her hand forward to help her sister, and when Kellen's fingers breached the surface, it was ice cold, dead even. And then something reached out in return and grabbed her by the wrist. Long, bony fingers that couldn't have been ashes wove around her arm until they plaited and became like rope, pulling her forearm towards the rift. Kellen tried to scream, but couldn't utter a sound, as if the very life was being sucked from her. She pulled, but with dead arms that had no strength, and weakened legs that found no purchase. As the demon hand pulled Kellen towards the surface of the rift, all she could think of was what hell she might have accidentally consigned her poor baby sister to. From nowhere... Doomcock came down and crushed the demonic wrist under its heft. Yeah! <laughs> Making it instantly release Kellen. It recoiled in terror and shock and retreated back into the rift. The floor rushed to meet Kellen as she fell, and Raph brought a device from her belt that shot a signal towards the rift. Kellen screamed at her not to close it, but it was too late. And as the rift shrank and blipped away, Asha's screams seemed to get louder. Kellen stood and drew her pistol squarely at Raph's head. Open it again, Raph. Don't be silly, Rook. Raph put Doomcock on the floor. That wasn't her. You heard it too? Raph nodded. Tears flooded Kellen's eyes. How do you know it wasn't her? Asher fell into a rift just like that. I could have saved her this time. I could have rescued her. Raph turned around, placing a hand on the pistol and forcing it to the ground. No, she's gone. But if you don't believe me, here. She passed the device to Kellen. Just press the button and open that thing again. Kellen stared up at the woman who had served her parents for as long as she had been alive. The Raph was many things, but she wouldn't lie about something like this, would she? Kellen dropped the device, then stamped on it until it was in pieces. That was quite a sensitive and expensive piece of equipment, Kellen. You just had to hand it back. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) She was winded as Kellen rushed and buried her face into Raph's armour. Does anything good ever come out of those rifts? Kellen whispered as Raph put her arms around the teenager. Raph stared down at the girl. Sometimes, Rook. Sometimes. The trek back to Raph's ship, the Gloombreaker, was long. (laughs) But most most of it was spent in silence on Raph and Kellen's part. They said nothing as they traversed the wasteland. But Princess stood further back from them, muttering to himself about the indignity of it all and the lack of decent coffee facilities on the nuclear wasteland planet. Oh my god, I hate this princess guy. (laughs) What a millennial, am I right? (laughs) Yeah, Starbucks. (laughs) 
When they got to the ship, the Velotean headed inside without so much as said goodbye, and Callan turned and started walking back to town in her, sh- her own shuttle. Where the hell do you think you're going, Rook? Raph called. Back to the station. Got the rest of my house arrest to serve for carelessly killing my kin, remember? Kellen shouted over her shoulder before stopping, realising there was something she didn't understand. Why'd you lie to me about why we were there? Why the deception? A test? I had to see if you had the stones to stand up and what, do what needed to be done, Raph smiled. And you did. The General wants you to come home, to work with me. What do you think? I'm not really the orders following type, Raph, Kellen said, shock taking over. If we had yearbooks in this reality, it would have said, most likely to be a colossal annoying prick to everyone that knows me. Did you get a copy of my yearbook? <laughs> what do you think I based the story on? This is your oh, life. That makes, that makes so much sense. <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> you will be in good company then, Raph held out a hand. You want to help me fight the wrongs of the universe? Kellen took the hand and walked into the shuttle as the ramp began to close. That's the engines starting. That's the ship, yeah. yeah. We got sound effects this yeah. season. What wrongs are you talking about? Raph sighed. Have you ever heard of James Corden? <laughs> oh my god. The end. Oh what? my god! <laughs> Is that... Is that real? Is that kind of where the story's going? <laughs> oh, God, I hope they murder him. I mean, can I say that? Yeah, I can yeah, say, yeah, 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 say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> James Corden's a, a patron, I think, but, you know. Oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> patron Sorry. of being a dick. Yeah, I don't want your dick money, James. <laughs> James Corden Man. definitely saw somebody get killed. Like, a producer killed somebody <laughs> and he walked in. There's no yeah, other chance. absolutely. There has to be. <laughs> yeah. No, but man, what a fucking wondrous new world you're opening the fu- the veil to right now. I'm getting like a lower decks vibe, which is good, like a super compliment mm-hmm. with the with Kellen. I uh, see why you said that there was like Dune. a, a Dune yeah. flavor to it. Mm. Yeah, I definitely feel that with all the different factions and everything. Well, Eight now factions. I now I get places to set other stories in, and I don't have to think about them. I've just named them, and now I can do something with them later on. Genius. Is that how it works? Yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how this works. <laughs> I know with Rich, like your your stories are always like methodically paced, mm-hmm. and like I'm just I'm here. I'm here. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm ready I'll, for the adventure, man. I want to fight a sand scorpion. <laughs> I am fully ready for everything this young girl believes to be absolutely shattered. (laughs) For her new mother-like figure to be killed, or whatever. Yeah. I did kill a whole planet in the first paragraph. Yeah. Yeah, but that place had it coming. Yeah. You've destroyed entire, like, universes already, though. So you got a lot of catching up to do in this new season. Yeah, I'll do it. You've destroyed, like, infinite universes, so, like... I've just Where'd got to do. Go? I, I just got to do one better this season. Just gotta do one more universe. Perhaps I'll just, perhaps I'll just <laughs> sacrifice someone live on air. There That's we go. the uh, the hotel, the Infinity Hotel problem, right? It's a Rich Master's <laughs> solution to the Infinity Hotel problem. Yeah, yeah. just do plus one, one yeah. death. Just do one more. That's the whole, just that's do one the whole more. problem. Yeah. Infinity plus one. That's not, it's obvious, right? Yeah, he solved it. 
There it is. Next Bam. week, Fermat's theorem. <laughs> <laughs> Just plus one Fermat. <laughs> Damn, he's on a roll. Holy <laughs> fuck, we never thought about this plus one trick. Uh, I'm glad that's done. I'm glad that's done. I was, uh, I'm glad that's done. That's no, a rough uh, way to put it. I got I news for you, Rich. You got 25 <laughs> more of these fuckers. But, like, I don't know about you, but I've, I've been a bit nervous about starting again. Yeah, yeah we, we got uh, out of it a bit, so, yeah. So. I mean, I haven't gone yet. Yeah, so I was going to say, I'm, good luck. Yeah, I'm still actually a little nervous about it, so yeah. we'll see. You'll do fine. Uh, no, but I am, I am so goddamn ready for this new universe of yours. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm still sad that I won't yeah. get to hear, like, uh, the the Russian guy. But he was there. Gigant, what <laughs> Gigantor. Was Gigantor. Gigantor. And Giganto and, and small Ganto. Small Ganto. <laughs> small Ganto, yeah. Uh, right, okay. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have a spooky vision tale. Dun, dun, dun. We'll see you in indeterminate amount of time. <laughs> it's like 40 seconds or something. Hold no. your fucking pants on. <laughs> in the basement that needs releasing so Jeff open that door. Is that a euphemism for shitting? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. potentially. (laughs) Unzip that ghoul. Ew. (laughs) It's got a zipper on it? (laughs) We're learning about Rich's butt a lot in this episode. (laughs) I had it replaced. (laughs) I have a picture of his x-rays up on my wall. It's just his colon. (laughs) You don't have that? He set him out I'm for a, his Christmas I'm a bad card. friend. I'm a bad friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say. Um, the title of my story is One Man Mission. And the prompts were, of course, uh, princesses and <laughs> whatever the fuck. and valleys. Look, uh, challenge, if you want to try and insert a princess and a disaster into yeah. it. <laughs> well, there's a disaster, but there is no princess. <laughs> The low and steady hum of the spacecraft had been the only sound he had heard for hours. (gasps) He tried to occupy himself as best he could, but the hours were far too many. From time to time, he would find himself staring at nothing. A bolt in the metallic bulkhead at the edge of the control modules. A line in the ceramic floor beneath his feet. A blinking light on a panel that was meant to tell him that oxygen was venting from one or more of the oxygen recycling units into space. Oh, wait, shit! John suddenly (laughs) jolted forward, recognizing the flashing light's urgency all at once. He began typing a command into the panel beneath the blinking light to shut off all open valves exiting oxygen recycling unit 7. After a moment, the light stopped, 
the frantic blood pumping into his ears settled back into the comfortable hum of the spaceship, and he was back to why he'd taken the job in the first place. The monotony. Yeah. Well, that Sweet pro- monotony. <laughs> well, that and the promise of decent health care. Um, John Halloway had been piloting this shipping freighter from Earth to Ganymede for the past month and a half and still That's had about, a moon. It still had about the same amount of time to go before arriving. Piloting might honestly be a strong word. He mostly just sat and daydreamed about alien women both being real and also fucking him real, real good. Like, Damn. With three boobs. He was, yeah, do they have three? Yes. Canonically. <laughs> Makes and, me wish I had three hands. He would get to the part in the fantasy where, naturally, one of the sexy alien broads would want to probe him, as aliens are wont to do. <laughs> and he would shake that off as not being sexy, because he's totally straight as an arrow and a manly man. Yeah. But the longer Don't the trip, my butt at all, yeah, no please. No. But yeah. the longer the trip went on, the more available his orifices would become every time. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Halloway, a voice broke John from his rev- reverie just before insertion. You choose which one. <laughs> nice. His eyes opening and his lips pursing in frustration. It was the voice of the onboard computer system. It was the somewhat nasal male voice of some celebrity he couldn't place that everyone back home loved, but everyone on other planetary colonies had never heard of, mostly because of all the forced labor and starving they were dealing with. (laughs) John John thought that he was the guy from the third Green Acres reboot who had played the old guy. (laughs) What the fuck? But he could have been the dude from that Black Mirror revival who fucked the pig full frontal. TV censorship laws have changed a lot. (laughs) Man, that episode is crazy. What is it now, system? John huffed out, sitting up straight again. Griftco company policy states that all materials aboard a Class F shipping freighter must be logged and accounted for at least four times during the launch to destination. System squawked out. You have done this vital task a grand total of zero times. <laughs> this is an egregious break in protocol. Why don't you do the vital task of sucking my class F shitting freighter system? <laughs> John said with a smirk, leaning back in his chair with his hands behind his head and his boots propped up on the control panel like a fucking rad ass bad boy. Damn, AC Slater. There was a moment of silence. That means my butt, John clarified with a wider, somehow smarmier smirk. Wow. Instantly lost points there. I comprehend, System said. (laughs) Are you going to complete the task now? Fine, fine. John dropped his boots to the floor and stood up, shifting his overalls around to not be all wadded up around his dick like they always got. (laughs) Nag, 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 nag. He walked to the back of the piloting module and manually slid the broken old door open that was supposed to swoosh open like on Star Trek, but capitalism still existed, so it would cost money to fix, so fuck it. Wow, this sucks. This place sucks. Take this, capitalism. (laughs) Down the central shaft, and I've written LOL here in parentheses, (laughs) of of the ship was a single man-sized hallway which connected each of the different shipping containers that the freighter was carrying to the engines at the back and the pilot module in the front. That's what I John call your made mum. his way to single single uh, man-shaped <laughs> hallway. 
<laughs> wow, you really stuck the leg. You got there. I couldn't you remember what there. you said. Yeah, I couldn't either. John made his way to the first container and pressed his palm into the scanner on the wall next to its door. A small confirmation beep followed, and a keypad dropped from the wall next to the scanner. All right, what do we got behind door number one? John <laughs> typed in a few passcodes and then was allowed to view the manifest. He began to read off the itemized list of cargo he was hauling out loud to himself as his eyes scanned the screen. Uh, Abramoxin 7? 40 crates. What the hell is Abramoxin 7? He pulled, his, he pulled out his brand new state-of-the-art Apple phone out of his pocket. <laughs> it had space-age technologies that we could only dream of in this day and age. It was called the iPhone 15. <laughs> He paid his seven Bing coin to utilize the almighty codex of all human knowledge brought to you by Microsoft Bing. <laughs> holy coin. Holy shit, it's a super powerful fertility drug. What else is in here? Oh no. KY Jelly, a hundred crates? Oh yes. Dozens of crates of dozens of crates of dildos, butt plugs, vibrators, French ticklers, every kind of sex toy you could imagine. Barry White on CD and cassette. And four million subscriptions to black.com. Yes! Somebody out in space is getting fucked tonight. We are getting wait, that black wait, wait, sponsorship. Wait, 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 wait. They had to put it on a ship. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a physical subscription. A you can't get internet from Earth to Ganymede. Yeah, <laughs> Jupiter gets in the way. It's all thing. He suddenly felt an intense jealousy well up within him. He hadn't got laid in ages because of this stupid ass job, and there weren't going to be any ass play aliens being discovered anytime <laughs> soon to fuck him on the job. So he was left high and literally dry. It just nice. wasn't fucking fair. He stopped himself, however. Immediately, his eyes widening and looking back and forth to make sure no camera had monitored the look on his face. <laughs> After the great incel purge of Stardate 24-7-369, <laughs> he dare not fall into the trap of incelism like his forebears had. He dare not post Pepe the Frog and seethe as they had. Oh my god. He just marked off container one as inspected and moved on to the next one. The manifest was much more boring and mundane this time. Just a bunch of useless-ass silver being sent to some dump site to be processed into an actually useful metal. Mm, what do you got against silver? Silver had become worthless sometime in the early 21st century when inflation had made a gold brick worth like two or three bucks. Sometime after the Musk Wars, but before Donald Trump saw any actual consequences. Oh, <laughs> my God. I, I, really hope, I really hope this is secretly an alternate universe story after writing that. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. He typed his digital signature into the screen and looked down the long corridor ahead of him with a heaving sigh. There were 46 more cargo bays to go before he could go back to the cockpit and zone the fuck out thinking about green fannies again. <laughs> which which version yeah. of fannies are yeah, we talking about? I'll never tell. <laughs> yeah. The task seemed straight up insurmountable. Bang! 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 The sound split the low humming drone of the ship and echoed off the walls of the central hall into barely audible infinity. John stood straight fear paralyzing him in place suddenly. John was the only crew member of the shipping freighter, 
No one had been on this ship besides him in the month and a half it had been in transit to Ganymede. He stood silently in place, his fingers gripping onto either side of the control panel in front of him with white-knuckle fear. He didn't even breathe, waiting for the next sound to come. But it didn't. The silence enveloped everything, quieter than it had, he had ever remembered it being before on that ship. System, John whispered hoarsely, trying to keep his voice down as low as he could manage. System online, yes, Captain Holloway. The robotic voice clicked back to life from the speaker on the wall above him with an electronic hiss and pop, which caused John to jump a little from the puncturing of the quiet. What was that noise just now? Auditory sensors indicate no anomalous noises. You have made every living noise in the last system pause to calculate the data. 45 days. <laughs> no, no! John spoke a little louder now, his frustration overwhelming his sudden fear of the unknown. Like 30 seconds ago, there was a loud bang from down the hallway. <laughs> there was no anomalous sound recorded. System responded flatly. A fat lot of good you ever do me. Something made a noise down the hall from here somewhere. I'm not making shit up. John yelled now, <laughs> waving a middle finger at the speaker on the wall. You are the only living being aboard this vessel, Captain Holloway. Need I remind you this is a one-man mission? No other personnel have been required for this level of operation. Burn! 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 The sound in the far distance began to repeat itself. The sound of metal slamming against metal. Rhythmic, but not mechanical. Far, far too violent and heavy to be. John grabbed his ears to block out the sound, which echoed off the metallic corridor and threatened to burst his eardrums. He ran, stumbling with his eyes squinted and his body doubled over, back the way he had come into the hallway, and back into the piloting module of the freighter. He grabbed the sliding door with both hands and slammed it shut hard, causing it to rattle a little, but sealing him inside all the same. Even inside the module, the banging was loud and clear, filling up his ears to near bursting and vibrating his skull against his brain. <laughs> he dropped to the floor on the other side of the door and held his hands tighter over his ears, screaming out for the sound to stop. And it did. Almost instantly. He sat quietly in a heap on the floor, his hands still in his ears, before he finally opened his eyes and looked around. He was greeted by the pilot module the same it has always been. Lights slowly burning behind buttons and switches, small monitors giving readouts he could barely remember how to read from orientation, his random collection of mostly stolen magazines and books from dentist and doctor's office visits throughout his life. That is a depressing... That's this, scarier than the thing you just said. This man is a descendant <laughs> of Pavlov. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of it was exactly the same. Are you functioning at parameters, Captain Holloway? System's waffling electronic voice pierced the silence once more, rattling the small cage around the speaker box hanging over the blast shield at the front of the module. You, you can't tell me you didn't hear that shit! John screamed at the speaker <laughs> box shakily standing back up off the floor and leaning against the sealed metal door behind him. That shit was at least as loud as a lawnmower on recording day. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. do not know what you are referencing. Please provide specific parameters. System responded, responded well, plainly. Well, System, uh, Jeff has a lawnmower that goes outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh, for fuck's sake, shut yourself down right the fuck now. I'm done being gaslit by Hal Nun Thousand, John <laughs> Too freaked out and angry to understand how shitty his insult was. I cannot go offline during operation of the freighter system were set again without inflection, being incapable of it, even if someone actually did insult it right. <laughs> go into self-diagnostic mode then, full scan. John heaved out a heaving sigh, walking back over to his pilot's chair at the center of the room and flopping down. Yes, Captain, beginning full self-diagnostic scan. This will take approximately one hour. System word offline. The small diode that lit up underneath the speaker where they were at, underneath the speakers dimming to blackness simultaneously. I don't know what the fuck I wrote in this sentence. I had to skip over half of it. it you got it. You got it. Maybe you could figure out why you're such a see you next cunts day while you're at it. John snorted under his breath. Wait, that wasn't that wasn't a great insult. Cunked? <laughs> Cunked? Cunked? He immediately pulled up the security footage from inside each container of the in the large view screen in front of him and began to look over them with wide bloodshot eyes. Each one was dark inside, save for the running lights that were always on for like atmospheric reasons, he supposed. <laughs> <laughs> like to make it look more badass and sci-fi-y or whatever. Yeah. But across every screen, he couldn't pot a, spot a single thing out of place. Even in that fuck container with all the dildos and porn. Everything seemed safe, except the sex they were going to have. Uh, well, you got to have a safe word. That's what I call your mum, fuck container. Jesus! Holy shit! Let Linda's me read getting... my story and do my jokes! <laughs> getting roasted. My man's doing better jokes than her in my story. <laughs> it's a team effort. Man, I'm cracking up, John whispered to himself, sitting back into his seat and shaking his head. Could I have just been, like, hearing things? Maybe I just been haven't haven't been getting enough sleep. I always have a lot of trouble sleeping on ships. He thought to himself for a moment and then stood up resolutely. Taking a short walk over to the back left wall of the pilot's module, he pressed a couple buttons on the wall, causing a long cot to hinge down from it through the space age magic called Murphy Bed. <laughs> <laughs> He reached into the storage space where the bed had been and grabbed his blankie and pillow, haphazardly dropping it onto the cot before flopping himself down on it. System has auditory recording systems all over the ship to make sure I don't steal anything or take an unregulated piss break. Oh, God. Thanks to the Amazon warehouse monitoring yep. technology aboard. Oh, They're no. so sensitive they can pick up a pin drop. There's no way that sound could have got past him. I'm just being crazy because I haven't slept. John chuckled yeah. to himself and turned over on the cot. No clue how I could ever fall asleep in such a potentially dangerous and terrifying situation in the middle of deep space, but... <laughs> John was out like a fucking light, his mouth wide open and gurgling horrifically loud snores into the open air in a way that explained at least a little of why no one was sleeping with him. I feel like that's a uh, that's a stab at me. Uh, I also <laughs> snore sometimes, so yeah, I feel I do. <laughs> uh, His dreams were fitful. He couldn't explain why, but for some reason he kept dreaming the same dream. No matter how many times he startled awake and shook it from his mind before following back asleep again, it was there. There was a strange red mass in the middle of space, 
swirling in and on itself like some kind of undulating mass of translucent flesh. <gasps> and his freighter ship slid inside of it no matter how hard he pulled the controls the other way. Yeah, it did. <laughs> he saw it envelope the ship and draw him backwards out of himself. And in the front of him, in the far distance, he could see himself screaming as it took him again, ripping him apart into nothingness before his own eyes. Clank, 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 clank. John shot up in his bed, his eyes red and bloodshot, his hands gripping his blanket as tightly as he could. The door to the piloting module was against the same wall as him, and he could see it shaking hard against its hinges, back and forth, clanging and clanking against the metal on either side of its runners as something bashed against it on the other side. He leapt from the cot and raced across the room, sliding to a stop in front of the door and yanking the porthole cover open to look out into the hallway and see the face of his tormentor. Finally, his own voice pealing out a scream the instant he yanked the covering away. But the clanking stopped the instant he could see into the hallway. Bro. To see, to see nothing on the other side of the glass, besides an empty corridor extending far beyond what he could make out through the old smeared panel. John stared, wide-eyed and shaking, into the hallway beyond, at the emptiness where his terror had originated. There weren't any answers through that porthole, but he searched for them desperately anyway. <laughs> Whoa! Just then, a hot rod The ship fucking took off! <laughs> Does this ship have flames painted on the side of it? It's, uh, no, I... John looked back into the piloting module, terror gripping him as he searched the room. The fear that whatever it was out there had already gotten in here threatened to tear him apart at his seams as he desperately searched every corner of the room. System! He screamed out to activate the ship's computer, but no response came. He stared unblinkingly at the dim light below the speaker the system communicated through, waiting with burning anxiety in his veins for it to light up, but it would not, even under his scrutiny. System! He screamed out again, but no response came. He ran over to the pilot's chair and flopped down hard, turning on the cameras in the hallway and inside of the ship's containers once more. The rooms were perfectly still, just as before. The hallway just as completely empty. The crates full of KY jelly were still ready for lubricating whatever hole you wanted to dick down at a moment's notice. <laughs> Everything was the same. Oh, God, I'm losing it. That had to be like a sound in my dream, right? Oh, God, I've, I've straight up gone Ren and Stimpy. I got fucking space madness. <laughs> Why does he know what that is? John rubbed the side of his face, shaking his head as he referenced a, like, fourth or fifth attempt to reboot that show and not the original. So stay the fuck off my back with that timeline shit. It all makes sense. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Look, I just I just need to relax a little. Yeah, I, I just gotta unwind. John swiveled in his chair to a smaller monitor to the right and flicked a switch under it. The scream hung to life, and he flicked a couple more buttons until his favorite late-night broadcast greeted him. Glorbo Malkins, talking and walking with Malkin, live from SETI Alpha 3. <laughs> Still better than James Gordon. Still better. On tonight's episode of Glorbo Malkins, talking and walking with Malkin, the host Malkin was talking and walking with Macaulay Calkin, while his sidekick, Balkin the Vulcan, was skulking and sulking that he didn't get to join in. Oh my god. A classic wow. rerun, rerun we've all seen a million times. <laughs> this was just the regular Macaulay Culkin, by the way. 
He discovers a pizza that makes you immortal in 2025. <laughs> what? A pizza? Did you know he's baby daddy to River Song? The girl who played that stuck-up rich girl in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Fucking wild. River Song? From... Uh, Yes, Josh, one of those kids is on Riverdale. We know. (laughs) John was starting to feel a little bit better, laughing at all of Macaulay Culkin's funny anecdotes and stories of being alive for a hundred years or whatever this story takes place. I don't know. Now you're doing your own timeline shit. (laughs) Maybe he had just gotten caught up in some of the sounds of the ship that he hadn't heard before and thought it was something else. Standard spooky time, home alone, everybody's had from time to time. (laughs) He just spooked himself about, wait, new sounds on the ship? Oh, fuck me, John screamed, twisting his chair around to the left side of his console and frantically bringing up damage reports for the last hour or so since the first sound had happened. Surely enough, the oxygen recycling unit, even sealed off, had ruptured and created an oxygen fire near the engines of the ship. The fire had been spreading through the components outside and was now reaching to the inner components. If they reached the engine, then the freighter would go up in smoke almost instantly. Oh, fuck me! John screamed even louder, (laughs) turning his chair back around to stand up. But as he turned past the central monitor, which still displayed the security footage from the entire ship, he caught sight of something that stopped him dead in his tracks. In the camera, just outside of the pilot module... Just outside of the room he sat in at that very moment, there stood a man. He wore a spacewalk suit, its black visor dented inward, and fire burning at his sleeve and crawling up it. What the fuck? The man stood completely motionless, the suit burning around him and slowly dripping and dangling off of his arm in midsection as he stood staring into the camera. Beneath the dark glass, two pallid, empty eyes were staring, almost unseen, straight at John. Not at the camera. At John. What? John sat transfixed, horrified, his entire body still besides the convulsive shaking of fear. The audio receptors in the hallway slowly whirred to life as they picked up sound on the other side of the door. John looked down at them with wide eyes and shaking pupils. As they finally clicked fully on, the sound of manic laughter filled the room around him. Cackling, insane, inhuman laughter that squelched and squealed with electronic signal. John turned his eyes back to the middle monitor and the man in the spacewalk suit, burning alive inside of it, now mostly cinders and melting flesh, stared back, just in time for a wall of flame to rush down the hallway behind him, overtake his body, and rend him apart instantaneously in a crucible of blue and white flame. Jesus! I don't know what's happening. John screamed at the top of his lungs, his eyes never blinking as they stared at the horror unfolding on his monitor. The moment the fire had consumed the man, the monitor went pitch black. But only for a moment. It clicked back on to reveal an empty, untouched, unharmed hallway with no sign of anyone or anything. Everything exactly as he had left it when he had come inside. John sat silently, convulsing in fear he was shaking so hard, sweat dripping down his brow and his mouth agape. Red alert began to sound suddenly, (laughs) shocking John from his reverie. Every screen on the ship began to display the oxygen fire outside and the warning that it was about to ignite the fuel near the engines at any moment. 
John sat motionless as the lights flashed red around him over and over, his mind racing to comprehend what had just happened and what was going on now. System, online, Captain, Holloway, red, alert. System's voice whirred back to life after its self-diagnostic, just in time to call out the red alert scenario. <laughs> we are in DEFCON 4. You must vent the fuel near the engine near engine one or the entire freighter will explode this will cost the company a non-zero amount of money to replace the ship and cargo <laughs> oh, loss of company no. property and funds is unacceptable loss of life acceptable exactly <laughs> john was shook out of his reverie by the crushing weight of space capitalism and began to run on auto- <laughs> autopilot to get out of one horrific scenario even if he didn't comprehend the other He ran to the door, yanking it open again thanks to its busted whooshing mechanism and then slamming it back shut again. There was longer than a football field's difference between the piloting module and the engine rooms, and John wasn't in the best shape of his life at this point. He had one time... That's like a a soccer field, Rich. It's like very similar in size. (laughs) Okay. A little more narrow. I said football field. I meant, I'm talking like real football, not this (laughs) soccer shit. Oh, wait. The one you use your foot for. Mm. The one that you guys named soccer and then changed it to football All right, somewhere up, in the 40s. Uh, <laughs> he had at one time been a shoe-in for becoming the next Lord of the Dance, but the Judgment Committee found out that he wasn't actually Irish, so they banned him from ever returning to Ireland or dancing without using his arms. <laughs> Since taking Damn. this job, he'd become completely sedentary, though. Still, he took the run as well as he could, pushing past every one of the shipping container units down that long, straight corridor for what felt like an eternity before he finally reached Engine Bay 1. He typed in his password, clicked the box saying he wasn't a robot, had to solve three captures anyway, and then he was <laughs> oh in. God. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, he screamed as he ran up the stairs into Engine Room two, into engine room 1, taking the stairs two by two to make it to the exhaust valves at the back half of the room. He grabbed onto the first valve, and immediately the searing heat of it in his palms burned him, and he yanked his hands away at once. Oh, fuck! The oxygen fire's already in the release mechanism! He screamed expositionally. (laughs) I got a jettison engine one! It's gonna blow up! John ran down those steps like a freshman late for his first makeout session with Becky Miller by the bleachers after six period. Boots clanging on the metal at the bottom in record speed. Did Rich write that part? It's very specific. (laughs) He ran the exit door back into the central corridor and quickly typed his password back into the control panel to engine room two, dancing from foot to foot and glancing over his shoulder as he did. Incorrect password. The machine oh responded. Oh my god! This is the this is a nightmare. Everything yeah. you're saying right now is this horrible. is the oh. true horror. Yeah. 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 Oh god, no, please! John screamed out, typing his password in again. The same sound dinged out of it instantly. John oh. looked around the floor of the room and smiled a gallows smile as he saw a crossbar leaning against the wall. He grabbed it up and brandished it as best in his scorched hands as he could, and he brought it down hard and fast into the control panel on the door. Bang! 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 <laughs> the sound of the first strike echoed as he drew back the crossbar and began to bash it repeatedly into the control panel, splintering it into pieces on this side of the wall and sending the outside pieces flying from the force of each repeated blow for what felt like ages. Bang! 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 
The machinery of the panel was knocked through the thin metal wall, dangling from wires and nodules on the other side. John quickly grasped onto the door and yanked it open as he had to constantly do to the pilot's module door, throwing it aside and starting at a sprint back down the hallway. System! Jettison engine one! Immediately! John screamed over the klaxon, still blaring the red alert as he ran. Unable to comply, System responded. Engine jettison requires manual override at pilot module with command eject codes. You fucking suck! John screamed at the top of his lungs, trying his hardest to sprint faster. When he finally did make it to the end of the hallway and the pilot's module, he was frantic to get back inside and save himself. He had been horrified in so many ways, traumatized in so many ways. The company shrink was going to make bank eating all that insurance payout and bing coin for the rest of his career if he made <laughs> yeah, it out of this one. Bing, bing, baby! <laughs> he latched his hand onto the broken door of the module and wrenched it sideways to slide it open with all of his might. But the door did not budge. He felt a tug in his shoulder as he tried, the muscles splitting there, causing him to scream out in pain and disbelief. Mm. No, 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 no! He began to scream over and over, gripping onto the handle even with his torn ligament, and began to violently wrench it back and forth, shaking it as hard as he could. Clank, 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 clank! The door slammed and banged against its runners, but would not budge under his strength. He heaved it back and forth dozens of times or more before he stumbled backwards, almost slipping from the weight of his body, dejectedly collapsing on itself. Leaning against the wall near Cargo Bay 2, he stared down the long corridor at the doors to the engine rooms in the far distance, which were beginning to glow brightly and distend from the growing heat in the metal from the oxygen fires. He frantically looked around for anything that could help him and settled his eyes on a large panel on the wall right next to the pilot's module. Quickly, he moved over to it and dropped down a small input screen from the wall and dexterously entered his access codes. The panel on the wall slid open and revealed a fireproof spacewalk suit inside, which he yanked down from the hooks it was held up on almost immediately and began shoving himself into it. The suit... The suit was most assuredly meant for a taller man than him, but he buckled it in tight enough to fit around him all right. The gaps definitely worried him. He yanked yeah. the helmet visor down over his eyes and sealed it, the slight hiss of the oxygen tank on the, on the back of it letting him know that it was still in working condition at least. He turned and began to run, as best he could in this bulky spacesuit, towards the first airlock, just down past Cargo Bay 6. But the doors at the far, far end of the central hallway to both engine bay 1 and 2 in that moment exploded off of their hinges, releasing a torrent of unbelievably bright plasmatic flame and blue and white down the hallway, which engulfed everything in its path. All John had time to do was turn his body to face the camera just above the door into the pilot module. <laughs> the glass on the outside of the porthole shone in the reflective light of the flames, which rushed towards him like death itself on wings. It shone just enough to reveal his reflection to him. Severe heat had caught his sleeve on fire, and it crept up his arm and singed away at his flesh beneath it, though he felt no pain. He felt nothing in that moment as he stared into the reflection of the black abyss peering back at him from the spacewalk suit's dark visor. The black glass began to crack and dent inwards from the unearthly heat which permeated the hallway, fracturing into shards. He felt himself laugh as he finally realized. His entire body convulsed from it. As the wall of blue and white flames engulfed him, his cackling voice was manic, 
almost unrecognizable. Almost. The end. God damn it! That was excellent. I pissed pants! <laughs> Thank you. That Thank was you. that was great. That was like Event Horizon, like, like you said Black Twilight Mirror. It's like Zone. very Black Mirror. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely Twilight Zone inspired. God I wanted to do a big old fucking twist. I love it. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It, it was one of those stories that if you're paying attention... You, you can, can see, see what's yeah. coming, but that only adds to the joy of the fact that you see it unfurl, right? I think that's what makes it scarier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh God, yeah. I gotta watch this play yeah. out. Yeah. Two, like, yeah. two of my favorite moments reading that story was when Rich said, oh, I think I know what's going on, yeah. and when Josh laughed when yeah. I said something that wasn't yep. a joke. I the was first like, bang, bang on I was it. like, yep. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking killer. I'm glad you guys enjoyed. I was, was writing that it. That was, was one like, of your best stories yeah. ever. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I want to do more Twilight Zone-y stuff this time yeah. around, I think. Fuck yeah. It's a and for all those Twilight pe- Zone? <laughs> and for all those people who say I only do spooky monsters and body horror, you could eat my butt now. I did a different one. <laughs> Look, you just said that you don't do body horror, and now you're telling them to eat your butt? <laughs> That's there is body nothing heaven. horrific about my delicious butt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll That's be not horror. That. <laughs> That's fantasy, if anything. <laughs> horror if I don't get to do it. I think it's weird that you did a... a horror sci-fi and i did a sci-fi horror yeah pretty much like when i was writing it i was like i hope i'm not stepping on any toes no no way there's no toes yeah it's like riverdale i mean riverdance <laughs> I definitely uh i definitely did uh, a fantasy horror story already yeah. with like the samurai and everything so i wanted to do a sci-fi horror story also, there was nothing body horror about the the um, Christmassy episode. You haven't just done body horror. You do you do lean towards body horror, but that's because of the story it's you were it's telling. Spooky. And but that's because of the story you were telling as well. Like yeah, once you had a, a theme in place, it's hard to you know. None of the Adam Frankenstein stories were body horror. They were all uh, like which is ironic since he has a horror <laughs> since body. Since he has a horror body, <laughs> but they were all paranormal. Um, horror, like yeah, they're all like very horror. classic horror. Yeah, like there's always a universal monster somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. I'm, I'm glad it went over. When I was writing it, I was like, "This is a little different than what I normally do." Hopefully, That's it works great. out. It was really good. Yeah, thank it, you. It was very simple, but added to the uh, effectiveness of it in terms of you know one person talking to a machine. Yeah, well, if that's, somebody that's else was aboard, it wouldn't be scary. Yeah, exactly. That's spooky <laughs> yeah, as shit. Yeah. Like, Moon yeah. um, is not yep. spooky, really, but it is spooky because it's just one person. Like, the idea of being yeah. alone with something. It's, it's that thing you mentioned in the story, like when you're in the in the house on your own and the door creaks and you're like, what the, what fuck? the fuck? I've closed yeah. all the doors. Yeah. yeah, like, I'm alone. Who? What the fuck did that? Mm-hmm. Ghosts. <laughs> it's you in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what ghosts are. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. I'm so scared of myself. Um, that's welcome to the, the, world. the worst horror movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Living with yourself. It's just me and my thoughts. <laughs> uh, that Time was excellent. Um, I loved it. So, we're going to take another break, and then we're going to be right back 
with a Henderson special. What's he going to do? Is it going to be Buff Cat? Is it going to be Ugler? Is it going to be Taint Maple? I don't know. Do you? <laughs> the Henderson special, also called the Rusty Trombone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do we know? Does Josh know? Come back in 40 seconds and find out. Oh, now I gotta make it 40 seconds. Just do it, bitch. <laughs> one second more and you're fine. <laughs> Just add one. Again for part three, and it's a Josh. Am I fired? No, no, no. It's forty seconds to the to the dot. So did if, you even look? Did you even check? Yeah, of course. I <laughs> Are check. you trying to get fired? <laughs> I mean, watch the amount of people point out how many seconds it was now. Oh, oh it's yeah. gonna happen. Hey, whatever gets them to talk. You know what I mean? Um, so we're back. We're going back to Daranos for the first episode of season two. You don't know that. We're definitely going back to Daranos. I'm a one-trick pony. Oh, no. <laughs> pony. <laughs> pony. Oh, my God. I said it like that, didn't I? <laughs> uh, let's say no. So you yeah, don't spiral I'm going to read my podcast. story real quick, okay? So, like, listen up, you dirt. Damn. You got us. <laughs> my story is called Bearded Dwarven Milf Muffs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're starting definitely out strong. Not, definitely not going back to Daranos then. Yeah, no, no. This is a whole new. This, mine takes place in a spaceship, and there's like a future twist. <laughs> and it's like Dune. <laughs> Previously, last season on Story Lords, <laughs> Daranos TNG. <laughs> Quickly, Ugla said as she held up the spear of Vaginus. We're only going to get one shot at this, she screamed, raising the spear at the gaping maul of Mantalore the Maw Eater. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this, Squib said as Ugla grabbed hold of him. Ah! They both screamed as they surfed down Maw Eater's tentacular arm as Ugla <laughs> threw the spear into his gaping suckle. <laughs> Explosion sounds. <laughs> I really should have listened to season one. (laughs) (laughs) There's something I have to tell you, Duchess Diamond Mercedes says as she sobbed into the wonky talkie or whatever the fuck I called him last season. (laughs) (laughs) Buffcat said with an overwhelming sense of anticipation and anxiety, You're... You're gonna be a father, she cried. (laughs) I have your kittens in me. Mew, mew, mew! <laughs> Explosion sounds. Was this like on uh, when you found out uh, plot important information in Book of Boba Fett and then never yeah. never showed it in The Mandalorian, even in their previously yeah. on? Yeah, it's like that. But this is like way better. Better, yeah. <laughs> As the flames rose all around the magical justice assembly of avenging heroes. 
Reese's fearless leader. <laughs> Turned the sacred serenity skull over in his hands, chanting a magical incantation. Reese's any day now, Sid said as he dual-wielded crossbows, landing two perfect bolts in between the eyes of two children of Bloriaxis. <laughs> God, those fucking children of Bloriaxis, I hate them so much. <laughs> if I don't get this right, Reese's yelled, the Arcanum crystals will fuel the desolation matrix to the point of <laughs> overload. And I think we all know what happens then. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I don't know what happens then, <laughs> Flyman said, sulking. <laughs> we, all, we all die in the fires of Bloriaxis' eternal mind omnimatrix, and the Arcanum itself will destabilize all of the men in Darnos down to the quantum level, Fred said as he squeezed the necks of another child of Bloriaxis until it suffocated Anthreed. Oh my god. Wow. Oh, well, let's do that then, Flyman <laughs> said, ready to die. Not today, Ugly yelled as she shot ice bolts toward a horde of incoming flesh puppies. <laughs> flesh puppies? Self-destruct in three, two, one. The skull began to count down. I have a bad feeling about this, Reese said, closing his eyes and turning over the runes one last time. Mew, mew, mew! Buffcat yelled. <laughs> now that we're all caught up. God, there was a part many, of me that hoped that that was the whole That was the whole episode. <laughs> How many pages was that? That was like one. Man. That's like one page. You just added one. <laughs> yeah, plus one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Worth it to get caught up. Now, I think we all remember those really key points in season one. <laughs> I gotta admit, uh, I don't remember a couple of them. I remember a lot, but I'm glad you refreshed me. <laughs> and now, season two of Darados, the next generation continues. My dearest gunk, chickpea started to dictate to a magical quill that was writing an old writing on an old and yellowed piece of parchment. It was probably magical too, like if you were to use the wrong form of there or there, it would like automatically fix that shit for you, probably. Oh man, <laughs> Damn. magic. We all we all miss you like very much and junk. Peppercorn <laughs> Peppercorn <laughs> even misses clearing out the all sea pewter search history. You really <laughs> opened him up to something new with such scrolls as bearded Dwarven milf muffs and <laughs> dwarven mommy milkers, or as it's commonly abbreviated and referred to as Dommy Dilkers? <laughs> <laughs> the quill stopped writing and slowly turned to look at Chickpea, who was doing her nails on her tiny kitty cat sized bed. What? That's what they call it, she said, rolling her eyes. Prude-ass quill? <laughs> anyway, she continued and started <laughs> stared at the prudish writing utensil. Sid has been keeping us busy. What with all the paladins and Grawl being, like, disbanded. Because, because of this, we've taken on the role of sheriffs of this here town, she said, doing finger guns with her tiny cute fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I know what happened was, like, totally shattered your reality and stuff. <laughs> But, like, we miss you and love you or whatever lame hippie bullshit. We, we hope you come back and I hope to see you soon for tea. She finished, except it was just tea and then the letter and then parentheses. 
tons of glitter dust pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she said. Now sign it with like a capital P and make it have a little chicken legs and a beak. That's my signature. Oh, (laughs) and eight equals D and then do two cool S's. (laughs) Like eight equals D. Like the eight equals D is like penetrating the cool S's. The quill slowly turned again. <laughs> Just do it! She <laughs> Chickpea grabbed the letter and held it aloft as a male mallard flew by and snapped it up in its claws? Do mallards have claws? Webbing. They're ducks, right? I don't know. Yeah, you yeah. got it. Quack, quack, he said as he flew away, tipping his male mallard cap. Chickpea walked out of the room to find the usual Wien's Day crowd of people gathered around the Flamingo's, quote, hideout, which wasn't so much of a hideout anymore since everyone and their orc fucking mother knew where to find them. (laughs) They rich your mom, though. (laughs) (laughs) Especially now that the PODs were gone, everyone was coming to the Flamingo's with their problems. Chickpea rolled her eyes as she walked past a couple who got their peeners stuck in a cursed double-sided sex torch. What? Huh? <laughs> flashlight. Sex torch. Flashlight. You got it. You God, got it. We need to make these. I know. <laughs> so much merch. She waved her hand as the curse was lifted, freeing their dongs like all dongs should be. Just f- free to feel the dang breeze, boys. Amen. Fred had turned part of the hideout into a bar since someone burned down the Flamingo's usual tavern during a freak staffling gun incident, allegedly during the freeing of Grawl. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. One <laughs> meet me at the sacrificial altar, Chickpea said, snapping at Fred. Coming right up, princess, he said, mixing a drink as Chickpea sat on the one and only empty stool. On the other side of the bar, Sid was frantically trying to hear everyone as they uh, each shouted out their problems in unison. Peppercorn was furiously writing as many down as he could on a scroll, like that one dude in Trading Places at the end when the Duke boys get fucked up their white honky asses. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, one at a time, Sid yelled as the crowd just went on being loud and obnoxious, like it is want to happen when more than three people get together. I fucking hate people, man. Yeah. Suddenly, from outside, trumpets blared and a booming voice of the mayor's crier sounded, except the mayor, Joey Pizza, hired a goblin, Dank Steinatra impersonator. (laughs) Oh, hear ye, hear ye, here comes the mayor. He's got things to say and do. Oh, boop, 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 girly. (laughs) The crowd fell silent as Mayor Joey Pizza entered the building wearing his mayor sash over top of a chef's apron that said, Kiss the Mayor. But somebody crossed out the SS and kiss and replaced it with CK, so it said, Kick the Mayor. (laughs) Got him. Flamingos! He he yelled over the now super silent crowd, In my office now! (laughs) Uh, you like... Came to our office, Chickpea said, <laughs> slamming a drink. You're on thin ice, Detective Missy, he said, pointing at her. <laughs> what? She said, looking around. <laughs> Mayor, sighed Sid. 
What brings you down to our bar slash hideout slash detective agency slash I don't even know what we do here anymore? <laughs> Sid, Joey said, rubbing his bloodshot eyes. I'm having a noivous breakdown here. I ain't know nothing about running no city. I thought they just ran themselves like the Rathuglicans always are saying they do. Rathuglicans. Points out, you gotta be organized and, like, do stuff. Mamma mia. <laughs> Mamma mia. Mamma mia. <laughs> Mayor Pizza slouched down on a nearby chair as the crowd of people made their way out of the bar slash hideout slash detective agency. <laughs> but on top of all the other problems, we got another cherry on top of the problem Sunday. He went on almost <laughs> crying. Like a broken man who hasn't slept and hasn't written his story for the show tomorrow. And now it's literally really late and time's up. Cherry on top of the problem Sunday. Before the PODs, uh, wait, before the PODs all were moited by the avenging fire of the civilians they terrorized, they was working on something big. My capos, I mean, Intoins, yeah, <laughs> Intoins, found a secret passage in POD headquarters. All right, said Sud, now rubbing his bloodshot eyes. Toins out, this place is booby-trapped, uptight like your mama's recipe for re- wet red noodles. <laughs> I kept sending in Intoins, but they kept getting mortalized by the booby-traps like those poor Arab fellas in Last Crusade. They didn't know what the fuck was going on down there. <laughs> they don't even pray to that god. Poor mooks. <laughs> they got they got Last Crusade there. <laughs> hey, you said Ren and Stimpy last episode. It was the fucking fifth <laughs> reboot. <laughs> All right, I'll look into it. Said said standing up, if only to get me out of this place for a few hours at least. Sid snap. Sid snapped. Uh, and socks imme- uh, Sid snapped, and socks quickly ran onto his back and sheathed himself in the sword form on his back scabbard. I'll go with you, Peppercorn said. I have a bit of a fetish for booby <laughs> traps. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sid said firmly. I mean, any other time I'd love to have you with, but I can't have you literally with your dick in your hand while I make sure we both don't die, like from a bowling ball falling down the steps, or like you sliding around on a bunch of micro machines, and then a flamethrower like melts your hat? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, keep going, Daddy. Pep said is probably three. Cut to POD headquarters. Sid walked slowly and deliberately through the abandoned Paladin's barracks. Only the crunch of loose broken vials and the creak of the old wooden floors occasionally made a sound. Sid was pretty confident he was alone, so he really didn't stealth it up, as the kids say. <laughs> Who says that, you ask? Well, lots of people, you smart-ass dick. Maybe if you actually listen to people instead of trying to interject your pointless, not-at-all-interesting stories into the conversation, you'd actually make some fucking friends, you annoying pathological bastard. Fuck! God damn, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be so much about me in this story. <laughs> Sid reached the locker room where Mayor Pizza had said they found the secret door. Locker 69, he said. Nice. As he reached for the handle of Locker 69, he pulled. Blah! 
Skeleton popped out shouting. Sid, having himself been on edge, jumped only in the slightest. I'm just fucking with you, bro, the skeleton man said. Come on, bro, relax, have a good time. I'm just messing with you. Oh, come on, don't, 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 do you want to have a mead light with me? Come on, let's do it. The skeleton man's voice muffled as Sid shut the door. He was still there talking. Sid looked at the number and saw the nine was loose and turned it, he turned it down. The locker was 66. Stupid ramafama jump scene son of a cliche ass movie trope. He said, cursing his way. As the bro skeleton man kept saying, Bro, 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 or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Sid <laughs> sidestepped over a few lockers and opened up the actual locker sixty nine. Against the against the wall in the back he knocked. It sounded firm in some spots and hollow and wet and ready to be gaped open in other spots. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's a horny story. <laughs> As he knocked, he heard a click. Using his road, rogue reflexes, he did a Catherine Zeta-Jones in that movie with Sean Connery <laughs> and artfully dodged a smattering of poison darts shot out from the locker. As he did a backflip, he saw a glint of a release button inside the door. He twisted and threw a single kunai Ninja Gaiden style and hit, it, hit the switch oh, dead sick. on. Sick. Click clack the wall. <laughs> Click clack the wall behind the locker gave way to a long dark staircase. Bro, 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 that was sick, bro. You should go to my gym, bro. We have like a parkour course and they serve green smoothies, bro. The skeleton man said from within the other locker. Sid looked over at locker 66, walked over to it, opened it up, and took out the bro skeleton man. Bro, yeah, let's go fucking bro parkour till our arms are sore, boy. <laughs> I hate this wow. man. <laughs> then with a single toss down the staircase, th- Sid threw the skeleton man. <laughs> bro, what the fuck, bro? Ow, fuck, bro, ow, man. Oh, not cool, man. Relax, bro. It was just a joke, bro. The skeleton man screamed as he hit every flame, dart, acid, and jizz trap on the way down the stairs. <laughs> just a prank, bro. What? Just a prank. <laughs> just a prank, bro. <laughs> yeah. More than one way to skin a cat, Sid said, smiling. <laughs> Socks dried from his back. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. More than one way to reskin a uh, skeleton? Is that better? <laughs> Socks agree. <laughs> Sid walked down the long stairwell to find himself in a room that was as stupid as it was big. <laughs> Quality. He's back, what everyone. Great, what a great story. In every direction, he could see doors. One big circular room with like 20 goddamn doors. <laughs> Fuck this, Sid said. <laughs> he reached into his sack and pulled out uh, a green glowing dust. Later, alchemists would come to find out that this stuff was actually, in fact, powdered radium. And everyone who used it was being dosed with huge amounts of radiation. But, like, Sid was a troll and they have immunity and saving throws against that shit or something. <laughs> saving throws. Sid blew the dust and as it hit the ground, he could see the marks of footprints. He slowly followed the footprints with his keen eyes, carefully, not to move to trigger any more tracks. Socks, he said, he turned, said turned around. Scatoscope! Mew! Socks agreed, turning himself into a telescope and landing in Sid's hand. <laughs> Why did so, you do that? <laughs> yeah, it's season two, man. It's like, they get the Super Megazord now. You needed oh, to watch fuck. the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, you needed... <laughs> didn't you listen to the intro? I recapped all of this. <laughs> Come on. I'm I'm not a good friend, I know. 
<laughs> Socks replied from the front. <laughs> From the front of the tele... Wait, I, I missed a bunch of parts. Mew! Socks agreed, turning himself into a telescope and landing in Sid's hands. Sid held up Socks and then asked, Do I even want to know what end I'm looking through? <laughs> Mew! Socks replied from the front of the telescope. <laughs> Sid looked through anyway and saw the end of the trail of dust was a door that had a hidden lock pad. Jackpot, he said. Moving slowly, he and Socks, who was back in sword form, walked over to the three... The walked over to the door with the pad. Sid reached into his back again, uh, pack again and pulled out a moon's crystal and held it up against the numbers. Nine, four, zero, two, six, he said quietly. Heh, he laughed. Classic. And then he typed in the correct code, 69420. <laughs> clack, clack, clonk. <laughs> the, door, the door didn't open, but instead of small, hand-sized... A uh, hole sprung open from the center of the door. Glory hole, he said. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly, Sid reached his hand into the hole. He gritted his teeth, waiting for the sting of a bite or the burn of a flame or the f- his flesh to be melted off his hand by acid over the, th- the sticky warmth of jizz. <laughs> <laughs> Click. Oh, shit, he said, trying to pull his hand out. Oh, shit, a voice from the other side of the door said as Sid's hand tugged toward the new voice. Gonk? Sid said surprised. Oh, uh, who the, oh, for the love of fuck, Gonk replied, obviously not happy to hear Sid. Just then, the door clicked again and began to lower itself into the stone floor below. Uh, Gunk said as he looked <laughs> through the now sinking hole into the floor. On the other side, he saw Sid lower himself down with the speed of the door's sinking hole. What do we do? Gunk <laughs> asked in a panic. There's got to be like a release or something. Can you see any candlesticks or like weird rocks or like a painting? <laughs> There's a candlestick up on the wall, Gunk said. Okay, try to turn it. Very funny, tall man, Gunk said, looking up at the other <laughs> reach lever. Well, I guess, I guess we'll just have to lose our hands. I'll miss you, Lefty, Sid said, blowing a kiss to his hand with his other hand. <laughs> Both men lowered and lowered until the door sank so uh, that the chain between them was just about to be clipped by the end of the hole. They winced and braced for their flesh to tear from their hands and for their arms to be ripped from their sockets. And then, nothing. The door passed right over the chain. A fucking illusion, Sid said, shaking his head. Fucking hell's bells. <laughs> Great, Gunk said as the door now disappeared. He could see Sid. It was the first time they had seen each other since the Battle of Grawl. The first time since Duncan, well, you know. <laughs> you mean to tell me that we didn't even need to stick our hands in the fucking glory hole? Gunk <laughs> yelled. Guess not, Sid said with the, as he examined the chain that linked the two adventurers. Well, rogue. Can you get us out of this? Gunk shook at the chain and it rattled. I don't think so. It's Palladian steel. It's protected by holy magic, so we need a paladin or a cleric or maybe someone with metal claws to get us out of this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and what the fuck are you doing down here anyway? Sid demanded to know. I'm doing my job, Gunk yelled back. As leader of Gunk's Crunks, I heard there was crazy good uh, trash down here. Trish. Gunk's Crunks? Sid said, raising an eyebrow. That's a terrible name, Gunk. I know 
know it is, Kunkyard. Von Duncan was the name's guy, and he... He stopped. Fuck you, Sid. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell told you there was treasure down here, Sid asked. Who the hell told you there was treasure down here, Mr. Interrogation? <laughs> Gunk yelled, getting more pissed. No, Nobody, the mayor. There's no treasure down here. I came down here because paladins were up to something down here. I came to investigate. By yourself? Gunk laughed. Fucking moron. <laughs> Got him. You're by yourself, Sid pointed out. Yeah, but I'm not the pussy-ass baby's foreskin, Gunk said, laughing. <laughs> He's getting roasted. Sid squinted. Who told you about this place? Back at the Flamingo's headquarters, Chick Pete was sitting at the bar drinking a giant tropical drink, and she turned and winked at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Nunya, Gunk said. Yeah, yeah, none your business. Good one, old man. Sid looked into the room... Uh, that Gunk had been in. Inside, he saw a room much like the one he was standing in. So much so that it was exactly like the room he was standing in. What is this place? He said out loud. Gunk looked around Sid and saw that Sid was also in a room that looked like Gunk's side of the room. I don't know, but I went out of this Twin Peaks-ass infinite loop <laughs> metaphor for hell before some gnome starts singing backwards or some dumb shit. <laughs> Both men took a step forward uh, from their respective perspectives, the chain clanged <laughs> as it reached its taut point, stopping both men from moving forward. Uh, where are you going? This is the way out. I was just in there. It, it's where I came from. This is the way out, Gunk said. Sid laughed. I assure you, I just came from there. Is this your first puzzle room? <laughs> <laughs> you can't go back. You can only go forward. That's what I'm doing, bitch! Gunk yelled, <laughs> spitting on the ground. <laughs> Suddenly, just as it seemed the two adventurers were going to come to blows, all the lights in the rooms turned themselves out as if the great gust of wind had blown through. Except gusts of wind don't usually relight the candles with red flames. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this place? Gunk said out loud. Then the laughing began. Ear-piercing laughter. We both had laughter. That was one of the prompts, I think. It was. It was princesses <laughs> and laughter. Yeah, it was. It sped up to a high pitch. Then it sped up to more to a frequency only dogs or your ugly, unfuckable mama's ass could hear. <laughs> the same Sid thing, gra- right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Sid grabbed at his ears as Gunk strained to pull his arm back from Sid pulling at it. In agony, Sid looked up to see a single candle was still lit with a regular boring yellow light. He winced as he stretched to grab it. Finally, with one last thrust, he reached the candle and pulled it. Click, click. The screaming stopped. It went silent. That was weird, Gunk said with a <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> True. <laughs> and then they fell. The ground didn't give out, but instead the two phased through it, uh, through the floor, like as it, as Pepe. Okay. <laughs> Date breath. The, gr- <laughs> the ground didn't give out, but instead the two phased through it like the floor was uh, an illusion also. I wrote that so terribly. <laughs> they yelled and screamed. Sid tried to arab- acrobatically adjust himself in midair. Had he not been chained to a this bowling ball with lips, he could probably survive <laughs> this fall. <laughs> then after like 20 seconds, he thought, Eh, maybe not. <laughs> and then, slam! The two stopped inches from the ground. 
Gunk was upside down and spittle and drool rolled from his beard as he cursed and said things that your uncle probably said at last Thanksgiving. Not racist, but like, not not racist, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Sid floated down on his feet, gently landing. (laughs) That was fun. Kind of like the tower ride at Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Disneyland! It's back! Welcome to my lair, a voice <laughs> interrupted as oh, an no. organ discordantly blared and a chord that was simultaneously in minor key and a major key. <laughs> Up on a throne sat a vampire. Hello, my friends, he said, playing another awful chord. <laughs> Bro, you suck, said a skelly man in the corner of the room. Bro, like for real, you are bad at this. The vampire lord held out a hand and shot lighting out of his fingers like Palps himself, dusting the Skelebro. <laughs> Palps himself? Wow. Wait a minute. Palps, Palps the team. Palps in the, th- the good three films, or Palps in the hold a whole fleet of ships in London? The good ones. Right, we don't, okay, okay. We don't talk about that one. Okay, okay. <laughs> the good ones. Like Palpatine in that Worthy Kids animation. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so he dusted the skull, bro. Hey, bro, it was just a joke, bro. Relax, bro. Have a good time, bro. Ah! <laughs> Thank you, Sid shouted. I Fuck agree. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, don't tell me just to relax, bro. I'm a vampire. We invented relaxing. <laughs> so, did, uh, did they? <laughs> I mean, they can say they did. Who's going to correct them, you know? <laughs> so, uh, Gunk interrupted. What, uh, what are we doing here? And do you have any treasure you want to get rid of? <laughs> <laughs> boy, do, boy, do I have an offer for you. The vampire <laughs> flourished his hands as an all-sea ball projected a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. Run, run. <laughs> True evil. Have you boys ever thought about the lucrative and exciting world of thralling? <laughs> As he said, this a royalty-free MIDI version of Enter Sandman began to play. The vampire God, he's winning then... me over, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> the vampire then whipped out a cue card and began to read awkwardly, clearly not having practiced much, just like the narrator of the show. <laughs> The world of unpaid thralling is a great way to gain experience in the blood arts as well as make lifelong connections to those whom you feast on their very life essences. In short, it will suck you in, he finished with a sad hand flourish. Pass, Sid said. Yeah, pass, Gunk said. So how do you want to do this? <laughs> he turned to Sid. I take the bottom of the hammer, and you take the top, and we crush his skull, or... Nah, that won't work, Sid said, shaking his head. I'm pretty sure vampires can, like, blow on their thumbs and reinflate their bodies if they get crushed. <laughs> Judge what? Doom was a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Confirmed. What? Gunk said. That's not true. When did you hear that? It's like classic vampire lore, man. 
Tis true, vampire interrupted. <laughs> we can also paint tunnels on walls and go through them, and then, like, when a regular person tries to go through them, they hit the wall, and sometimes they hit it, like, pretty hard and get hurt a lot. It's pretty funny. Oh, that fucking rules. <laughs> Sid made the C gesture at the vampire. <laughs> Look, guys, I'm going to level with you. Ever since paladins disappeared, they haven't been sending down anyone to feed me. And all my brothers and sisters ran off when the food supply dwindled. Wait, Sid stopped him. Who's getting sent down here? Oh, you know, like bums and homeless people. Some cities, like, build spikes on top of benches and do all kinds of fucked up shit so bums don't sleep on stuff. But POSDs just send them down here and then we ate them or turned them thrall. Dude, Gunk said, that is fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the vampire said smiling. (laughs) So that's a no on the thralling then? Is that a hard no or hard no? Both Sid and Gunk said simultaneously. (laughs) Well, fiddlesticks, the vampire lord said. Who am I going to talk to now? Well, Sid said, if you want, you can come up to Flamingo's headquarters whenever you want. Both of you can, Sid said, turning toward Gunk. Gunk looked up, thinking for a moment. Sid then used his rogue tricks to unlock the chain that was binding them. Gunk simply looked down and then up at Sid. You son of a bitchless whore, Gunk said. You could unlock it the whole time? I'll fucking kill you, (laughs) he said. And then he spit on the ground. Awkward, the vampire lord said, <laughs> sipping out of a juice box that said B-L-U-D on it. This vampire is great. Yep. <laughs> Just as Sid turned back to look down to where he should have seen Gunk, he saw a fist, and then blackness. Sid woke up on a couch inside Flamingo's HQ. Good morning, sunshine, Chickpea said. <laughs> what? Some pal guy dropped you off, said you hit your head. Psh, as if. <laughs> Sid quickly sat up, checking his neck. Looking for hickeys? Chickpea smiled. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> she said as she blew out a puff of purple, purple smoke from a hookah. Sid sighed. Don't worry, Romeo. Just rest today. We got this. She patted him on the head like he was a puppy as she sashayed out of the room. Sid sat with his head in his hands. Duncan would have just unlocked the cuffs, he said, shaking his head. Finn. Man, just some rough times happening for the flamingos. Splintered apart. Bad, bad, bad stuff. Not good. Will the vampire ever return is my only Ah, question. I hope so. I love him. He's an idiot. That's why I love him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, thralling as interns. That's so fucking hilarious. I was like, that's perfect. Uh, uh, Vampire with a PowerPoint presentation. I mean, what's the difference than real life, right? Yup. It's true. Yup. I bet he's one of those dickheads who has like 17 million words on a slide expecting you to fucking read it as well. Read it. Right. Like, I'm not reading that. Sit and read it for 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah, sit and spin for 20 minutes. While I say exactly the same thing that is printed on the slides. Good thing you made this and typed it. (laughs) 
so we got the to read fracture along. was the flamingos. Yeah. And the broken promise was the promise that Sid made to Duncan. Where was the princess? Uh, that was a prompt <laughs> that you imagined in your fucked up brain. <laughs> I think I must have dreamed it. You might have. You might man. have. The prompts were obviously fractures and laughter. And then they, <laughs> and then they like, like you wrote it down. You like got up and you were yeah. like, I write it down. I wrote it down in my book. Yeah, I don't know, man. Your I don't book. Know what to tell you. Yeah, I got a little, little Story Lords book on my desk. Wow, you hmm. really are prepared. Well, hey, except I, for I when try. he gets the prompts wrong. Yeah, <laughs> prepared in all the wrong ways. <laughs> No, I'm, I really love that we're seeing sort of like the fallout of what actually happened last mm. season. Not that the stuff in the beginning didn't happen, because it definitely that did. Go back and listen. That is all canon, and if you missed it, you were not paying attention. <laughs> it was uh, in there. It's in episode uh, 23 and a half. Go back and listen. <laughs> Can't wait to see Buff Cat's little Buff Kittens. Yeah. He had some originally, yeah. but we don't know. They're cats. They're just like they're cats. He's got he had some originally, everywhere. but the mother got hungry and ate them. Yep. Yo, Jesus, <laughs> that happens. Look I up. know. Ew. Uh, <laughs> yummy babies. Well, well, that was a great first episode, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. That was good. So, so good. Um. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> we sound convinced. Are you? I'm audience? not being sarcastic at all. I'm it not. Was great. It was. I'm not being uh, sarcastic at all. <laughs> I don't think you can not sound sarcastic. Could I be loving this episode anymore? Chanandler <laughs> uh, Bond. <laughs> um. With that, we close the cover. Here. On today's episode, um, we have a new theme song in this episode. Was, we should be talking about here at the end. I, I was gonna. <laughs> you got um, the fucking thing wrong. What am I gonna? <laughs> I close the cover first, and then I do the ending. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Greg. Fitterson did us a new theme tune. Um, it rocks. He got, uh, the, got the prompts wrong, and he's getting <laughs> mouthy with me. <laughs> Now, don't dream about princesses again, Rich. Oh, dream about putting my things in a better order, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, Vidison did us a new theme tune. We all love it. Uh, he's done an absolute phenomenal job on uh, doing a new theme for season two. Uh, so we hope you love it too. We, have, we um, have a very Saturday morning cartoon vibe with the show. We didn't even year. ask Greg to do this either. No. He just no, did Greg it off his own back. He's a, he was like, hey, he's guess a... what I made? We yeah. Like, bah, bah. Um, yeah. That just proves what an absolute legend he is. He's like the Pete Best of Story Lords. He's the Pete Best of us, he really. He is the <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> I, I got to hang out with him in person. He's, he's a beautiful man. Yeah. Did you get to kiss him? Uh, I there was like a a brightness to him that when you look yeah. at him it was blinding so I couldn't get our lips to touch correctly like angelic <laughs> the heat was too much uh, was that the excuse you had for kept kissing him in the crotch area I no, just couldn't yeah. I couldn't look at you I had to yeah. my, allegedly, my lips allegedly, aren't aligning allegedly. <laughs> I mean maybe like it's colder in your butthole maybe I could try that <laughs> it's colder um, in your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> is this like super inappropriate? I don't know. Probably. No. <laughs> um, 
So we, with the uh, end of season one and the dismantling of Promptbot for giving us uh, <laughs> some good and some terrible prompts, we have brought some imaginary prompts. <laughs> some imaginary prompts that only come to us late in the dream. Uh, we have got the new all prompt seaball. <laughs> Gotta find a sound effect for that. Oh, it's oh yeah, you have. <laughs> um, so, if you could please activate said all prompt sea ball. All sea ball activated. <laughs> uh, the first one is put in your MSN account information. Ah <laughs> oh, fuck! Oh capture! Come on. Uh, I'm gonna write this down. The first one is revenge by Jake Harker. Finally, a and, prompt I love. And the second one, please. OC ball. <laughs> Mountains by <laughs> Randy okay. Roberts. Revenge. Let me say the name mountains. again. I talked over it. Randy Roberts. Randy ah. uh, Macho Snake Roberts. Yeah. Macho Snake. Randy Rhodes Roberts. Uh, so they're Randy right. Randy Savage Roberts. <laughs> so um, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to draw a picture of again. Yeah, uh, Revenge Mountain. Got it. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so if you, the listener, want to do your civic duty and suggest prompts to the Book of Blood, then you got to head over to Patreon.com/storylords, and for as little as five dollars a month, you can join our super cool Discord, read our stories, and suggest prompts. And, you know, be a, a better tier of listener. Let's be honest. We love better you tier all. of human being. We love be you honest. all equally, except that we love patrons better. Yeah. That's just the unfortunate truth. You're helping us Equal live. Equal in the eyes of the law. Yeah. <laughs> but not the Patreon law. Yeah, but not yeah. equal in the eyes of the lords. That's yeah, right. Yeah, true. If you're, Hail Satan. If you're not a patron, you might get chucked down the hole t- for a vampire. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, it's just the the POD's rule. Look, there's an exciting world of thralling available for you down there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For $10, you get access to Redesign by Committee, which we probably should do one soon. We just did two specialty episodes. We did one in private when we were talking about Star Wars. Our DM is nothing but the (laughs) Star Wars Redesign by Committee. Yeah, Yeah, if you want access to that, you can't. Unlucky. Um, Uh, For $10, you get access to Redesign by Committee. I don't know, $100 a month. You might be able to Oh, maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Uh, Our extra podcast where we redesign an existing IP. It could be a movie, a series, video game, book, whatever. Uh, For $20, you get all that. The PDF of our upcoming book of season one, whenever we get round to talking about that, and creator credit in the book itself. And whenever Rich sends the rest of his stories. I'm I'm equal. Oh, are you? I don't even... Dude, I'm not even going to pretend I know, like, what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Josh, just out of curiosity, do you submit any of your stories? Mm, Uh, Technically true, he does. (laughs) I he did. submits them to me. Oh, oh. so so mum can so mum can do them. <laughs> yeah. Mom, I'm sorry, angry. mum doesn't do my teeth. homework. <laughs> I'm suckling at those dummy Dwilkers. Son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
If you want any other info on the show, you can head to storylords.card.co, that's C-A-R-R-D.co, and get information on the episodes, what we've done in the past, the artwork, etc. If you want to find out about Vidazen and all his upcoming work, his past work, when he's got shows on, you can go to vidazen.card.co. Um, anything else we want to talk about before we actually end the episode? I've tried to keep it streamlined today with my ending of the episode because you did a really good job. Thanks. I think you did a good job. Thanks. I think we had a couple rough patches in, in, in this episode. It was a rough start to the season. And I just want to say you did a good job. Thanks. I don't think we did have any rough episodes, rough parts. I think we're all smooth. From some of us. Oh, apart from prompts. doing the wrong prompt. But I saved it. <laughs> you did great. It was, yeah, you didn't did. even notice. There was a promise. There was a checks notes fracture. fracture. Yeah, you got it. There was princess <laughs> and a disaster. <laughs> I, I, I'm, disaster. I'm checking the, um, uh, the prompt spreadsheet I keep, and there's not even disaster on here. So what I dreamt it. I definitely dreamt it. That's crazy. So, yeah, there you go. Were you I really high? thought you were taking the piss when you no. said that the prompts were princesses and disasters. No. I got immediately nervous. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? I kind of felt the same way as well. Like, after he doubled down, I was like, oh, no, wait. That's <laughs> no, like when it, your teacher is like, okay, hand in the homework after you thought she said there was no homework. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then she's like, oh, wait, there is none. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, lady. Yeah, I... <laughs> Screwed the pooch, but I pulled it back. You pulled out. Just screw it harder. <laughs> um, is there anything you out we... so you don't have any pooch puppies? Just pulled out of the pooch. That's yeah. a that's a classic saying we all know. <laughs> so it's canon now. Yep. Um, anything else we want to talk about before I finish up? Do you want to, Jeff? You do art for a living. Can you tell us about your website, please? Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> You can find my art at jeffpennington.art. I really need to, um, I want to remake that website. I don't think it's very visually cool looking. I want to make it, like, nicer. So uh, check that out whenever I do it, if I do it. Mm-hmm. Also, if I don't do it, check it out. jeffpennington.art. It's got all of my great artwork all over it. What a fucking advert that was. <laughs> that was amazing. Look, uh, you got an exciting future enthralling. You don't really need to buy... Yeah. No. Uh, I am open for commissions right now, and you can uh, send me an email about what type of commissions you would like to uh, contact at jeffpennington.art, or you can find me on whatever social media still exists. I'm on fucking all of them. Mm. Um, I feel very proud that um, I retweeted that and someone got in touch through my retweet. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was like, so, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> someone but, tweet. Rich, you're what do you to mean? Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, I X'd it. Um, I'm not I re-X'd it. Whatever the fuck he wants to call it. Yeah. Um, it's really funny. On the BBC website, every time they mention X, they say, formerly Twitter, in a really passive-aggressive way. Um but that goes to show the power of um, re-exing or, you know, sharing oh the word. Re-skeeting. Or... <laughs> Re-skeeting. Yeah. Retweeting, whatever we want to call it. Um, I'm kidding. It just... I'll never call it that. <laughs> I'm on the same boat with Josh. It's Twitter. It's stupid. Uh, um, I'm still on Twitter. My reach has been kneecapped like a fucking mm. back alley. Yeah, everything's fucked up. It's like just bad. <laughs> just yeah. fucking bad. 
<laughs> so like you can find me there if you'd like to d- uh, DM me with my fucking DM rations for the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had to change software because we were spending so much time DMing each other that Jeff couldn't get any work. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were like a hindrance to his livelihood. That's I'm pretty proud about that. Yeah, I got a I got the <laughs> message like only artists apparently get this message like when because we do so much business through DMs. I got the mm. message that was like you've run out of DMs. Please verify for unlimited DMs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you can fucking verify my ball sack. Yeah, fuck him. It exists. We'll do, we'll do that for you. <laughs> Uh, Josh, do you want to tell anyone about your podcast that you do? No. Okay, all right. Um, you go to I M do, Class I do, Podcast. Da, 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 da. I'll do it. I do M Class Podcast with Jeff. It's <laughs> a good M- one. Uh, yeah, just find it on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Like, it's everywhere. And uh, uh, mclasspodcast.com. Yep, that's the website. Um, and if you want to uh, listen to Toon Hounds, which is the podcast I do, you can go to uh, where can you go? Just go to just go <laughs> wow. to any any podcast related uh, listening service and type in Toon Hounds, and you'll find us. Or, you guys don't have a card. I don't know if we do. I don't handle that side of stuff. You guys That's aren't on Princess and Disaster Twitter? <laughs> we are. Everyone's, technically everyone's on Disaster, on disaster Twitter. Yeah. That's true. Um, That's true. But yeah, Spivzy and I do a cartoon podcast, which is about, ironically, cartoons. And we compare to, and we have a theme every Ironically? Year. Well, not ironically. <laughs> I've been on that show several times. In ironically, in the way that Alanis Morissette uses ironically. Ah. Um, it's like rain <laughs> when you're podcasting. I'm the, I'm the Pete best of that podcast. You are. That I got out of it before it got famous. The fourth one. Um, and with this see this uh, next episode coming up, we're doing ducks, which was a, the spiffiest ass theme that has ever come across. Like Ducktales, yeah, like, like duck and Darkwing, and uh, yeah, Mighty Ducks. Any, <laughs> anything that has a duck in the title. Um, thank that you. That Mighty Ducks cartoon ruled, by the way. I didn't I never think saw. I can't remember that. No. It was like uh, they were like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, except but not. And they like they lived, hockey. They lived underneath the hockey rink that the Mighty Ducks played at, right? <laughs> and they had like super high tech weaponry, and like the main, uh, like the leader of the team wore a gold duck hockey mask over his face. That's awesome. That sounds way too good. We're never picking that. No. We're never going to do that. <laughs> well, that's the thing about Toon Hounds that I love. It's like, it's always, here's something that you kind of know, and here's something you've never heard of in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just the rule, man. Um, so, uh, everyone, oh, thank you. Uh, for- by the way, if you want us to have like a dot .com instead of all this dot .co.card shit, mm-hmm. uh, become a patron. If we, ma- yeah. if we make enough money, I'll get a dot .com of some sort. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, we don't earn enough through this podcast for the amount of um, uh, absolute massive work that goes into it. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, an amazing show. Like, I was just thinking about that, like, we're, like, really cool. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yep. Um, We're we're not getting our fucking due out here. Yeah. I'm about to flex nuts over (laughs) here, man. Like, we're the shit. And I do appreciate that it is a, a hard time and cost of living for cr- a crisis for everyone, but it is the equivalent of a cup of coffee a month. Uh, Give so if you can us spare it, your money. 
I want coffee. (laughs) Yeah, a coffee lasts you 10 minutes. I mean, not even that, really. This podcast is routinely two and a half hours long, mainly due to these outros. I write stories that give you 30-minute orgasms. Yep. You're welcome. (laughs) It's worth it. It's a bad cleanup for Jeff and I when it's live. Let's just say that. I wouldn't call it bad. Yeah, well, the cleanup's always bad. Right? It's a tough Probably. cleanup. But tough cleanup. Sh- I call it the shame cleanup. It's like, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, God, it got in the controller. Oh, what no. am I doing with my life? <laughs> on that jerking pleasant it. note, <laughs> on the note of jerking it, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, you're the best, and we will see you in two weeks for more Story Lords. Bye. 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 Bye.